Hi, and welcome to another episode of Rich Hang's Less Square Theatre Podcast. We've got Robert Webb on this week. Beat that if you can. No, you can't. I didn't think so. So, uh, hey, look, we're starting a new series of the podcast. Um, we're starting the recordings on October the 16th. It's every Monday until November the 27th. You can buy tickets if you can get to London and to Leicester Square uh, at leicestersquaretheatre.com or go to richhang.com slash gigs and you can see all the links and uh, the guests will be put up there as soon as I can be bothered to do it. We have got some fantastic guests coming up, including Ellie Taylor, Armando Iannucci, John Maloney, um, Jan Ravens, Alice Lowe, I hope, Reg D. Hunter, Richard Osman, um, and uh, hopefully people like Charlie Brooker and Paul Chowdhury, uh, and some more on top of that. So it's going to be well worth coming to see, uh, regardless of who you get. Uh, it's always good fun. We record two a week. Don't, don't tell anyone I told you. Uh, and remember, there is an app. If you go to the iOS uh, Apple App Store, then you can download uh, Rich Tanks and Square Theatre Podcast uh, Emergency Questions, which uh, is free, and you get some free questions, and then you can buy extra packs if you want to, including all the questions in the first Emergency Questions book, uh, and then 100 new questions about dating, and 100 new questions or for dating, and 100 new questions that will be suitable for children, as long as they don't mind you saying poo. Uh, and you can turn off the adult questions, uh, hide them away while you're playing with it with your children, so you don't ask them if what they who they like to be in a human centipede with. But you might, you might get some interesting answers if you do. Anyway, go to richhang.com and you can find out all the details of pretty much all of this. Uh, or um, yeah, lessersquaretheatre.com. I hope to see you at one of the shows. Here's Robert Webb. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Leicester Square Theatre. Please welcome a man who has recently irked Michael Portillo. It's Richard Herring! Yo, yo, yo! Hello! Hello, yes, welcome to Richard Herring's Leicester Square Theatre podcast. I was um, following the uh, Hofmeister bear the other, the other day. It's a pretty cool guy. Got a hat and everything, hasn't he? He calls it relish to us. I don't know, I don't know if that's, that's going to catch on. It's been a very busy week for me this week. It's so busy I might have to talk about some of it in next week's show. That is how far ahead we have to look when I turn 50 uh, on uh, Wednesday, was it? I don't know. Uh, and uh, then uh, the, uh, on Friday I moved house. Uh, so it's like, you know, it's sort of, I was in, living in London, I got to 50, someone said, are you still here? You've got to go, mate, you're 50, you've got to go. Don't you know the rules? You have to live in the country. So I had to move two days later. In, the, in, in between those two days, uh, I, was, I foolishly agreed to go on the uh, political chat show this week uh, with Andrew Neil. The old Brillo pad, isn't he? The old with a Brillo pad on his head. Uh, and Michael Portillo and um, Ed Balls. Uh, and uh, just as I was going there, that I was told that uh, Nigel Farage was going to be a guest. So I was like, oh, fucking hell. I thought, I thought he was actually going to be in the... So I, was, I, I then had to sort of sit around in this late at night. It was the day after my birthday, I was hungover. It was the day before we were officially moving. So I was, like, I was just wishing I was in bed. I was so tired. Uh, and uh, it's recorded live. It's late at night. Uh, I was maybe going on talking about sort of emergency questions, basically. My emergency questions, they were saying there's lots of awkwardness happening with politicians. So you, 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 your comedy is about awkwardness a lot of the time, and you have these emergency questions to get out of awkwardness. Uh, so I thought I was going to talk about the emergency questions book. Uh, and then Andrew Neil sort of introduced me, saying, this is a comedian who believes we're living in the most politically awkward age of all time. <laughs> <laughs> Why is that, Richard? Why is that, Tris? So I, I, you know, I thought it was a light-hearted item at the end of the show, so I thought, well, I'll 
fucking try and play along with that and say, well, you know, it's been, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of awkward, uh, a lot of awkward uh, interviews with politicians at the moment, Theresa May and Trump, and, you know, I got angry about Nigel Farage and saying, you know, I didn't name him, but I was saying, we got that chump on you've just had on, and... <laughs> Andrew Neils, and I just wasn't, you know, I wasn't, I was, I was so tired, I wasn't in, in the zone, really. If I'd been in the zone, I think I could have had a lot of fun with this. Andrew Neil said, well, to be fair, Nigel isn't here to defend himself, so we better not stop talking about him. And I should have said, well, unluckily for me, I've chosen the five minutes he doesn't happen to be on the BBC, this... <laughs> Which would have been literally true, because he'd literally just been on it. Uh, and Nigel Farage, who basically, in his little piece, had threatened uh, violence. Uh, to, he'd threatened revolution if uh, he didn't get Brexit to be exactly what he wanted. Didn't give him a hard time. That was fine. Now oh, coming in, Nigel. Yeah, fine. Ferment some revolution. That's fine. Uh, I, I was slightly... It's such an embarrassing programme this week. And they do, they do a sketch at the beginning, and it's the worst thing ever, right? It's the... You've seen it, right? It's always the worst, most embarrassing thing ever. And I'd arrived and Ed Balls was dressed as an astronaut and, night, and, and Michael Patillo was dressed as an astronaut. And, they said, and then they said, sprung on me that I was meant to be in the sketch. I said, I, they said will you dress up? I said, no, I will not dress up. <laughs> uh, so there you go, I was being snooty. I did the line for them, but I was kind of annoyed. So I kind of took the piss out of uh, them for being dressing up as all astronauts and being on Strictly Come Dancing. And... Michael Patillo was just very angry about it. He kind of came at me saying my argument wasn't working, that he hated people who just picked on politicians for no reason. I tried, and he said, you should be... If you have this problem, you should become, become an, an MP. Because, and again, I should have said, well, you, that, that means you're not qualified to talk about politics. The last I remember was you not being an MP. That's the, the, the last, I remember quite an awkward moment where you, you actually failed to become an MP. So maybe 1997 was the last time you should have spoken. But, you know, all these things I should have said, but I just... I think I'd got away with it, but it was, I, it was the most horrible thing that's happened. It's the most ha- horrible thing that's happened to me since I turned 50. There. <laughs> just, I had lots of you kippers, like, all the kippers telling me what a bust I was. I felt mortified, and then I moved house the next day. So anyway, it was, uh, go, you can watch it online if you want to see me being rubbish. Uh, that's what I should have said uh, all, uh, instead. But anyway, look, we're going to crack straight on. Um, there's a female Doctor Who as well. I haven't even had time to talk about that. Might talk about that with uh, my next guest, uh, who I think would make an excellent female Doctor Who. Uh, he's, he's probably best known as Morris Wigglethorpe Throom. That's why you're here, from the uh, CompareTheMarket.com adverts, the ones without the meerkats in, or if they were in it, I don't know. Don't think they were. I think he, I think that, that, that was. I don't think they made a doll of him though yet. It's Robert Webb, ladies and gentlemen, from CompareTheMarket.com. Hello. Hello. Let's. Sorry, I took the piss out of you. Please, let's. I'm extremely don't, well. Hello. Don't get angry with me, like oh. like Nigel, like Nigel no, Farage. No, this will be this will be marginally less awkward <laughs> okay. than this week. Let's see. I'm, let's. I've been on that, and and he's weird. He's a weird man. Andrew Neil. No, well, oh, he's, and, he's weird as well. Yeah. But Portillo. He yeah. sat there in that horrible green room in one of his disgusting lime shirts and just with his hands on his knees just staring into space thinking <laughs> thinking his Portillo thoughts <laughs> and it was really odd to, I couldn't I just stared well, I, I, said you, I said you backstage the weird thing was that I kind of shook Ed Balls' hand and I shook uh, Portillo's hand and then when Farage was in the room I kind of just looked at the floor and I wouldn't engage them and I didn't shake his hand but because that's you, how love him, you love him so, love and fancy him so, him so much oh hi Nigel <laughs> I, I can't look you in but it says something, you know, that you, Michael Portillo is acceptable to shake his hand. Yeah. Someone must be pretty bad. You go, he's, oh no, I'm yeah, not touching he's that. He's the new normal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> he is. So, uh, yeah, so it was, a, it was a humiliation, but never I'm mind. Sorry. Um, we won't, we won't this talk. Can only, we, things can only get better. I hope so. I kind of, the next gig I did, 
I, uh, I kind of still, I still felt, I still felt the creeping yeah, nastiness. Just that kind of what I yeah. should have said. Yeah, yeah. And, yeah. and so I thought maybe I've done, maybe that's it. Maybe it's over. So we'll see how this interview goes. Maybe I've there was just a lost time when mojo. filming Peep Show when yeah. uh, the producer Phil Clark, who does uh, Thai kickboxing. Yes. He does. And, uh, does and there was really? a time and it was a night shoot and somebody wandered by and went, you're pedos, you're all pedos. <laughs> and he'd had a lovely night in the pub, uh, but he'd come out a little bit angry. And uh, you're all pedos. And he was asked to sort of move along. And Phil, who is the nicest guy you'll ever meet, just like half an hour later, you could see him still reliving it. And just what I could have done to that bloke, and how I would have taken my hands out of my pockets and just fucking, go. and you know, so you know, the, yeah. the delayed, delayed aggression. I should have the just aggression. Punched, but imagine if I just the chance punched him. Well, I just, I also just wish I'd gone. Oh, you stupid cunt! I just, I just wish I'd. You're all just that it's the cunts. only language they understand. <laughs> Um, but uh, you know there we go it's, it's, it's in the past <sighs> shake it out I'm shaking it off um, so uh, I've been reading your fantastic book thanks very much uh, which is called uh, How Not To Be A Boy the second best book that's called <laughs> How Not To How Not yes. To did yes. you see the success of my book and I, think I, I how can not. I copy that I did not no okay <laughs> I would like to make a joke there, but, I, but the truth is, I didn't. I don't think anyone did, so I think it might, it's a, a crazy coincidence. But there is, well, it's, it's about your um, childhood and adolescence. Yes. Mainly, and the, the difficulties you went through. And, yes. And how you became uh, the comedy Fucking legend. Super duper. Yeah. No, it's not, um, it's not a sort of uh, uh, prop normal celeb autobiography because I'm not famous enough to write anything that boring. Um, it's a it's a sort of child and teenage memoir, but about themed around masculinity. Yes, and how boys are supposed to be boys and girls are supposed to be girls, and and how we sort of learn those rules and drag them through into a half formed manhood. <laughs> yes, uh, and um, so yeah, and there's lots of funny bits and lots of sad bits, and uh, yeah, uh, I've, I've run out of stuff to say about it. Well, it's, I think some, I've, I've met lots of people who say when they get an autobiography of some anyone's autobiography, they skip through the bit about the, the childhood. Yeah, they find I that do. the most boring. I bit. do. I mean, who gives a bollocks well, about? I mean, I, you, re, you read them and they start with their fucking grandparents. Yeah. You go, Look, I don't give a shit. My maternal <laughs> grandparent was born in 1823. And, oh fuck off. Yeah. Um, but it's no, it's all that. Yeah. Uh, except, <laughs> <It's> all that. <laughs> except the, the grandparents are sort of coming in and out of it. Yeah, it's yeah. mainly about me. But I, but I disagree because I actually think, especially with comedians, I think uh, uh, so much of it is formed within childhood and the childhood relationships. I think this yes. this book really shows it. Right? That we were yes. again we talk when, because it's about the things that happened to you as a kid that then inform you and make you want on to, to go on to become a comedian. Which so. is true. Which is true for everyone. Yeah. But, it, but it. But you know there are yeah. The, we were talking earlier about the, the startling number of stand-ups who are adopted. Yes, and um, you know there are there are these unmet needs yes. that are being met in a <laughs> peculiar way. Yes, uh, and I think that's yeah. I quote Ray Romano. Um, you know, everyone loves Raymond. Not my favourite sitcom ever, but, but it's, it's, it's all right, isn't it? And, and, but there was a, I found a quote from him. I read an interview, and he said, uh, "You know, if my father had given me one full hug, I'd be an accountant right now." And um, not dissing accountants, it might be nice to be an accountant. But um, anyway, he chose to. Try to be funny. Yeah, although but I still I always look at it, and I was saying this to Julian Clary the other week, and think my childhood was quite nice, and my parents were pretty. I mean, the, right. I was my dad was my headmaster, which was my cross to bear. That but was your that was your big disadvantage. That was my that was my <laughs> that was the weird thing. But yeah. it, but I think I sort of liked you know we it's 
your story is very similar to mine in lots of ways, except you've had a bit more tragedy in your oh, life than oh, I have. The constant yeah, death. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone stayed alive in my Everyone, family. <laughs> everyone's fucking dead. Yeah. But David, uh, my, de- my David, fucking hell. Uh, uh, but David. Uh, uh, but David James Stewart Mitchell, um, uh, we've been acquainted. Um, he, he had a completely normal childhood and yes. he, he always feels a bit sort of guilty and a bit shifty about the fact that oh Jesus he's got something to talk about with Wogan um, but, I, but I had this normal uh, this normal you haven't even have to talk to dead interviewers that's how, that's how bad it's got. Well, that's, I've, got, I've got a cut out in the garden uh, the, the, there, was, there was some similar things the, the things that I kind of that interested me that were the same was and I've talked about this before is that I couldn't do a number I couldn't draw a number eight no and way my dad I couldn't do it but I could do it in the same way as you by yeah, putting two, two so a snowman yeah. but I couldn't do that uh, and right. I remember and my dad was like your dad was my he, dad was a math teacher you're left handed no I'm right handed I'm just holding it in there cause oh I'm okay yeah. I, can um, use, I can use both for holding wow that's <laughs> That's, that's why you get the big bucks. So that's say, why you're the pro. Yeah. Uh, my dad's a math teacher. Hang on. So can yeah, I. It's good to Fucking say. hell. <laughs> Who knew? Uh, my dad's a math teacher. So he was, but he was sort of furious with me. That, and I remember I was literally sat under the, in the cupboard under the stairs practising my eights. Like Harry mind. Potter? Yeah. Did he make you sleep there until <laughs> you could do it properly? <laughs> But I remember, I remember him, you know, and yeah, I couldn't multi- do long multiplication. He was just oh, who furious. could? It's a, it's a stupid idea. But that's interesting that you're. That, that, do you think it was just something in the seventies? There was something in the water. The <laughs> not, be, not being able to do an eight. I've less of an excuse. I couldn't do a two either. No. Uh, so the whole monologue. What was, was your problem with two? They were easy, man. Two. I don't know. It was just what happens, and then it goes. There's a diagonal, and then it's suddenly. Whoa, and then no, I found it a, a very aggressive number. Yeah. I just couldn't do it. Yeah. But your dad didn't like that, did he? No, there was a no. One of the uh, one of the um, uh, <laughs> uh, less pleasant memories from my early childhood. So I was about five, and I remember my father, who'd uh, probably had a couple of pints at that point. Um, he wasn't doing anything out of the ordinary for that time and place. You know, late seventies. Uh, but he came home, and he was in a terrible mood and he just yelled yelled and yelled and yelled at me to do a two do an eight which most teachers these days or indeed parents these days would probably say is not best practice <laughs> just, for, do, go, just, just fucking do it, do it! <laughs> <laughs> and yeah so so I sort of I turned that into a sort of humorous sketch yeah. to amuse the ladies and gentlemen uh, in the <laughs> but book. man if it had worked what, what, how different education well, could be now <laughs> 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 they'd be knocking back the Strepsils. <laughs> Those teachers. It's very hard on the voice. Yeah. I'm regretting it already. <laughs> uh, there was a few things, but I wanted to. I, quite, I enjoyed the, the, your. Uh, tell us about the 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 guy buys. The guy buys. Yeah. The guy buys were my gang of twelve. Yes, twelve. Yeah. Imaginary friends. <laughs> And uh, we basically went around on our bikes fighting crime. Um, sometimes we were the wisecracking guys from Chips. Uh, sometimes we... Okay, Chips was. Um, <laughs> it's been a recent film, was... although no one saw it, I don't think so. They, brought, they, did a, they made a film of Chips. They made a film of Chips. That's a terrible idea. Yeah. Anyway, uh, anyway, there were traffic cops in California. Or I was Dick Turpin, or I was Zorro. Or, and we'd go around, and they were basically my bodyguards, and I'd sort of count them in. I'd sort of open doors and... 
watch them go by. And, you know, my grandparents, my mother, just watching this behaviour. Okay, all right, yeah. yeah. And um, yeah, and we'd, uh, we'd go around with our, you know, I'd have my plastic swords and my guns yeah. and we'd go around. It was the most normal thing about me. I was heavily into violence. Yeah. Uh, but imaginary violence. What did they look like, the guy buys? They, they were pretty much invisible. <laughs> Could you not see them, though, when you were looking at them going in? They, I, I sort of named them after, partly after my, my brothers and partly after the apostles and partly, you know, so they all had these... I don't know what was, I don't know yeah. what was going on. Um, I, th- but, I had a little messianic sort of... You know, I yeah. had this... Well, I, it's perfectly normal. I think a lot of, you know, you think... I thought I might be one of the new... I didn't think I was the new Jesus. I thought I might be one of the new disciples. I, was kind of, I took it down a level. A new... Yeah, it's one a, of the new disciples. The new Jesus would, would find me and take me on, and I'd be one of his disciples. Oh, right. You were waiting to be found. Yeah, That's Jesus, interesting. Yeah. But, I, you know, but sometimes I wondered if I might be the new Jesus. Welcome to We're Fucked Up. <laughs> and I still... I'm not sure we still could be the new Jesus. Only time will tell. It's too soon to say. <laughs> it is. I might be a sleeper Jesus. <laughs> I don't know that I'm Jesus. Well, and then one day I'll, I'll just get woke. That's the thing that made me think I might be Jesus, was Jesus didn't know he was Jesus. He didn't. Even though all the stars even, and stuff. He didn't even say he was Jesus. No. St. Paul said 18 yeah. years later that he yeah. was Jesus. Yeah. That's a nearly fact. But he didn't know even... He didn't know when he was a kid that he was Jesus. Although in some no. of the apocryphal Gospels, he turns kids into pigs and stuff like that. Have you seen the... You yeah, they, that's why they got cut. Yeah. It's like in the, in the, in the redraft. <laughs> yeah. I would definitely, if I the had cha- been... The Jesus. channel didn't like it. <laughs> it's true. It's true. Look, at, look it up. It's, uh, there's some good apocrypha uh, about Jesus. Oh, um, I love a bit of apocrypha. Yeah, it's good. I can't spell it. I can't. I can't I... I'm not sure I can say it. Um, but maybe I got away with it. Um, yes, well, I enjoyed that. Uh, enjoyed that and, there, and also you play Civilization 2 specifically when you're I a grown-up. And I did. I played that a lot. I did. That did you in... ever play Civilization, Civilization 3 and 4 and 5? I didn't know because um, Civilization 2 was enough to end an eight-year relationship. <laughs> uh, so I thought I should stop playing Civilization 2 after she moved out. Right. Actually, I played it for a while yeah. after she, you know, with, with less guilt. <laughs> yeah. I got really stuck in. Then. I started playing it again the other day. I found, oh. I found it on, uh, online and downloaded oh. it. Dangerous. It's a dangerous. Yeah, no, thing. yeah. But yeah. I used—I was single. I used to play it all weekend on my own. You know, it's about, I'd, I'd be start on Friday night and play, and have two hours sleep over the weekend and, and finish a game. Of yeah, no, I remember the many, many nights when uh, the the person I was with, who I called Jenna, just to give a personal plausible deniability. That's not her name. But um, but she would sort of go glumly to bed again and say, "Yeah, I'll be with you in five minutes," and then sort of three hours and a it's bottle of wine to... later. Hard to leave civilization. Hang on, three hours. That's three bottles of wine. You've got like, you've got like a caravan, and it's on its way to Kutch or wherever. Yeah, yeah, and you can't yeah. think, I just see this one through to there. Did you ever Take just go six... oh, fuck it and start a nuclear war? <laughs> just for the... I did. I, I kind of enjoyed that. There was someone who played. If you don't like Civilization Two, you're not going to enjoy the rest of the podcast. Sorry. That's all. That's all I've got. Probably me to talk about. So there was someone who there was someone who has been playing Civilization Two for about 15 years and said did anyone see this and they, and they had a nuclear war they're not and listening it's just, anymore Rich. it's just it's just a We've wasteland but he keeps, he's keeping it going enough to keep the game going but it's just it's just a horrible it's just turned the whole planet into because you can keep nothing. going forever if you want you can, oh. you, complete your, you complete your mission get to Alpha Centauri I'm trying not to think of that as a and you tempting. can then carry on and when I was playing it on my own, I sort of just got to... I didn't want to have wars this time. I just wanted to make everything perfect in the world. 
Does it make you live forever if you play it forever? <laughs> yeah, that would be nice to think it did. But I was just trying to get rid of all the ice and all the... Oh. the and, and make everything... Is that since you became a daddy? Yeah, I think it must be okay. something to do with that. Um, so I, did, I didn't have any tragedies in my life, but you had... Um, and again, this is something it's, I've got... I think you probably did. I didn't have any but, tragedies. But not, but not just death-based. I'd, well... I'd what about really? the champagne bottle up your anus? That was quite... That was, I mean, is that tragic or is that comic? <laughs> it was all right. I mean, no, it wasn't what I, it wasn't what I was... It wasn't what I was into. I said... You weren't necessarily a great man brought down by that champagne The person, without giving too much bottle. of my book away, the person who put the bottle in my anus, I said, what are you doing? She said, I thought you might like it. He or she said, I thought you might like it. And I said, No. <laughs> no, I didn't so think I would. Stopped. Now that you've done that, I was right. <laughs> Let's carry on with something else. Um, but I've got. Sorry, you were saying. I'm yes. quite. I, I'm very interested in. Well, you know, in the book you talk about. There's, there's two things and uh, two. Uh, of, well, there's, there's more than two things. But your your elder brother died before you were born, and that's the reason you were born in a sense. Yes. Is what you're talking about because yeah, it's quite likely that the reason I was born is because someone else died. Yeah. So I know a thing or two about luck. Yes. <laughs> um, so yeah, that. and then but then you also and your mother also died when you were seventeen. Indeed. And then but also within the book you're talking about and there's all the, and there's funny bits as well. Yeah. <laughs> and then your dad dies and your granddad dies and your stepdad yeah, dies. dies. <laughs> and, uh, but there, that's all at the end. Uh, but <laughs> it barely matters. We, we believe uh, yeah. So there's two important deaths quite yeah. close to the start. Then some funny book and then more death. Conclusion. But it's about it's about. Uh, extrapolating that into what you're saying in the book of, of um, you know, if that hadn't happened, if your mum hadn't died, then you wouldn't have, uh, you wouldn't have finally had your family that you had. If your brother hadn't died, yeah. you may not have existed. But that's sort of true of every single. Well, I think we, I, I think we, we make these stories yeah. for ourselves, and we go, this, I'm like this because of this story that I've, and it's actually, it's usually like, like all stories, and completely, it's completely made up that actually, you know we just go along in life and these things happen to us and we sort of cope and rationalise yeah. it in various ways and, and sometimes it's a it's a bad story sometimes it's a story you need to grow out of I mean the idea that um, the silver lining to my mother dying and you know if you're 17 and you uh, and your mum dies you've got to try to make it mean something and what I tried to make it mean was I am going to be a I'm going to be the, a comedy actor and writer and that's yeah. and I'm emboldened to do that now but I, I probably would have done anyway yeah and uh, so, it, you know, it's not always... Sometimes you're, you're not telling yourself um, something... The story isn't necessarily very healthy. No. And, you know, and whatever had happened... You know, as you say, it might very well have happened anyway, regardless. Yeah. And also, well, if, of, you hadn't, if you'd gone to... You, you nearly went to Leeds University and you yeah. wouldn't have met David Well, there are funny University. people at Leeds, but, but I wouldn't yeah. have met David and that yeah. would have... So the course of his... You know, it, yeah. you know, Peep Show might have been... Those characters might have been played by the Chuckle Brothers. Or, <laughs> uh, and who's to say that wouldn't have been as I good a show? Might have been good. Or a better show. Yeah, but a hard, different show. Hard to work out which one would be. Well, actually, maybe it isn't. I think Barry would probably be David's, David's character. I don't know their first names. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know Barry's. Barry, uh, what's, yeah, what's the other I, sh- one I shouldn't bring them up without Paul. Without, without, and there was and there was uh, there was some older Chuckle Brothers as well. What were they called? Yeah, fuck you. Fuck you, my, my Wikipedia audience. There was four Chuckle Brothers, actually. Look it up on Wikipedia. Uh, there's some older ones, and then those, those two are the younger Chuckle what, Brothers. What, they regenerated into <laughs> There's four. I think the older two must be... So there was Buck Fizz, and then they sort of splintered yeah. off and became Dollar. <laughs> I think it's more... Let's just bring, up, bring up more baffling 80s references. <laughs> um, it's very... I mean, I, 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 the book's really 
good. I read it in a day. It's a, it's a thick book. And so that's not, it's, it's not, 320 pages um, long. I read it in one day, start to finish. And, um, well done. It's because it's very well That's very patronising, but I know you're busy. I am very moving, busy. You've been moving. I've house. been moving. It was my Sunday uh, day. I spent the whole day reading it, uh, and it's really, really, you know, engaging and interesting. And you're very honest, I think, and very self-critical about yeah. certainly your younger. I yeah. mean, it's it's it's. I mean, well, it's, yeah, go on. Well, it's it's, it's sort of it, it, uh, people have said that, and and it, uh, and it's good to hear. But also, there is. Uh, you don't do that unless you quietly think that you're terrific. And if, I, and if I'm saying, I was such an arsehole, I was such an arsehole, I was such an arsehole, the heavy implication is, I'm fine now. <laughs> and, uh, and that's not necessarily true. No. Um, but I'm trying to get better. But, do you um, think in another ten years you might write another book about what an arsehole you are now? <laughs> about an arsehole. That time when I sat with Richard Herrick <laughs> saying that all my arseholeness was in the past. What an arsehole. <laughs> I was being an arsehole. Well, I do sort of feel that, because I, I'm do, I do a show now, it seems, every ten years about how, where I am in my life. And, you know, I, I, do, I certainly look back at myself at 40, and I was a, a complete... Uh, I mean, you know, I was having a nice time in a way and having a horrible time in another way. But I was, yeah. being, I was sort of being... I mean, I suppose what you were doing in your, in your 20s, which is the normal time to do it, but I was, I was having a midlife crisis and doing all that again. Right. And, and being, and being a, a, you know, a bit... Bit more of a mature arsehole, but still being an arsehole. Just an old arsehole. An old, puckered arsehole. <laughs> Slightly. Inflexible, yeah. easily torn. Yeah, a torn arsehole. And now I think I'm. Come on. Now I think I'm. Uh, now I think I'm pretty, you know, I'm a bit more sorted out, but we I'm all, sure. We all, now we all think we're. Uh, so, but I think in 10 years. We should bring our wives on. <laughs> None of what you're saying is true. <laughs> I, I think you're right. So that's. I mean, I think I'd be interested to look back when I'm. I hope I live another ten years so I can look back. Well, at I hope this so too, Richard. And then say I was actually. At least I was an idiot. At least, yeah. But you know, that's the thing. When you're fifty, it'd be sad. It's very, it's very sad to die in your forties, which you still are. I hope that doesn't happen. It's not happened to me. I can Thank tell you, you feel that. I've definitely got to my fifties. We're wishing each other at least. It's pretty. <laughs> ten, six to ten years it's more life. Pretty, it's pretty sad to die in your fifties, but in your sixties, yeah, yeah, it's sort of expected. Yeah, well, 50, if you're like, when yeah. does it get tragic? Yeah, it's not just. Is it it's 65, 66. I mean, you wouldn't. Fi- if someone dies at sixty, well, everyone dies at sixty-eight, sixty-nine. That's the sort of the age people are dying. Yeah, and you kind of go, yeah. I mean, that's quite sad. Fi- but, you fifty-eight. Know. Sad. Yeah, 58 sad. 58 sad. sad. All the 61 <laughs> bit sad. Yeah. 65. <laughs> not Depends bad. what generation they are and yeah. you know what they did with their and then lifestyle. 94. 94. No one cares. Fuck off. <laughs> so it's only, you've got it's to... only all the fucking all the pills that are keeping you alive. You just the... sat there in that chair in yeah. that care home. Yeah. So staring th- into space. The trick is, I'm supposed to find the moment. <laughs> The, the, the age to die where you've really lived your life to the full but people will still feel a bit sorry about it that's, that's what I'm aiming for rather than 98 oh, thank god thank god who was he anyway all, you, all your contemporaries are dead no one knows who you are You're, there's no one at your funeral my, my grandma very, who lived 102 wow uh, and everyone's going why did she fuck off no they weren't uh, but her you know she'd been an amazingly popular woman in her life but no one she knew everyone's was alive dead. anymore apart yeah. from so you know so that's, that's, the, that's, bad, that's the risk you take that's the punishment by, I want to have my funeral I want have my funeral I want a few of my friends to have died as Stuart Lee I would like to be dead <laughs> because you want the last word <laughs> yeah. you get to stand there do the eulogy yeah. do all the jokes he wouldn't let you do in Fist of Fun yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> so who's laughing now, Stu? <laughs> yeah, I can but, see that. But many of my friends, I would like to be alive so that they uh, feel guilty. So about yeah, not the, the eloquent ones, the ones who speak well about you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and like, well, I don't know, but then should I be wishing the people I like the least to live the longest so that they have the punishment of it's having a, a terrible thing? So anyway, what is that age, do you think, that is the best age to die at, where you are old enough but still young enough? Uh, I'd want to die when I was, uh, well, I don't know, because I, I might say 86, but then my 85-year-old self go, fuck off. <laughs> but I don't know. Old, old enough to be old, yeah. but not so old that you're in any kind of pain whatsoever. Yeah, well, that's true, yeah. And still sort of walking around like a 50-year-old, yeah. as sprightly as you. <laughs> yes. Um, I was going to say uh, that age is probably 49, I'm afraid. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and then you get run over. Or, yeah. or, or something happens that your family are prepared for, yeah. but which won't hurt too much. Okay. Uh, and then you die in your sleep, yeah. uh, peacefully at home. <laughs> Well, let's hope that it's a long way off for both of us. Uh... <laughs> We're watching men of a certain age <laughs> chat about their lives I had another... and the end of their lives. No, I had something else to say, but it's, it's gone because of my, my age. Yep. It's, it's, it's gone. Um... And so, well, the, the, we'll talk a bit more about the book and then we'll, we might move on to it. But I think the book's well exactly. worth talking about and well worth buying. Um... It doesn't look like this, by the way. This is the review copy. This is what they send to um, important people like yeah. Rich. Uh, it don't, it's not... Bills for being a man, don't cry. This is the only thing in the book that I didn't write. And it's on the front. I'm not moaning, I'm not moaning. I'm slightly <laughs> moaning. Uh, but the front will just have my stupid face on it. Of the, of the will, real it ha- will it have that on the, will it? Have it will that have that on face, the, that's, that's, that particular stupid face that is on the stu- front. That is a good one. Uh, that's a good stupid face. Um, uh, well, uh, I think there's a, again in my book, Talking Cock, uh, which uh-huh. I'm sure you probably it's probably in the bibliography at the back. As you um, but I talked about the, I talked about um, how I think uh, the expectations on male being a man and being a woman are so strong that I think people gravitate towards them, and um, and this is what this is sort of partly the the theory in your that that we're brought up to believe boys behave in a certain way and girls behave in a certain way. Yeah. And then that's a sort of self-fulfilling prophecy up to an extent. Is that, yeah. a, is that basically, a fair... Yeah, no, yeah, basically. The, 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 yeah, gender is made up. That yeah. There is sex, and that itself is a sort of a spectrum, but, but we can identify who's got a willy and who hasn't. But then gender is the stuff that we put on top of that to amplify those differences. Yeah. And there are differences, but they become hugely exaggerated. So and boys but, get told that, oh... You love maths and swimming and climbing trees, and uh, this is what you like. And girls are told a whole other set of rules. And if you have trouble fitting into those, then okay, that's a bit uncomfortable, but it's not a big deal. But the what is a big deal is the stuff that boys get told about emotional repression. Yes, that they to, if you fall over, man up, get up, don't cry, uh, all that stuff about being tough and basically not acknowledging your own emotions and if you keep being told don't express these negative emotions eventually it will start sounding like don't feel these feelings and don't have these feelings don't acknowledge these feelings (laughs) and so you end up you know if you get if you become sad you get it has to come out somewhere if you can't acknowledge a big 
if you can't digest a big embarrassment sandwich, it's going to come out somewhere else as a yeah. smell for everyone else. Yes. And so, you know, Donald Trump's Twitter feed is like one angry, frightened turd after another. Yeah. Um, and so you have to be... You're not taught those skills to become your own emotional detective and to, and to work out why I'm feeling this feeling that I'm feeling. And sure. you end up just not using your brain properly. And I think that's probably quite a big topic <laughs> yes. if, half the, if half the population of the world are just going around going, I'm fine! Everything's fine! Then that's a problem. Do you think it's... Do you think specifically it might be a bit more of a British thing and it might be a bit more of our father's generation... Uh, yeah. British thing in that I think you know I think a lot of my male friends now are much more are better at this than and are better at communicating to their children about emotions and uh, but I, I, it feels like our, our you know maybe something to do with being a child in the war or you know people I think I think people die, you know people dying so yeah just had to carry on yeah. after the war I think some people brought up by by men who were in a war or yeah. brought up by the sons of men who were in a war yeah. in our sort of our generation's case is you know the worst thing you can possibly be, be accused of is self-indulgence and yeah. self-indulgence is you know is is just a a bad way of naming expressing a negative emotion so it so it you know they are because you know I'm not telling soldiers that they need to get in touch with their feelings because that's the last fucking thing they need. If you're going to shoot someone, don't think about how that feels. Um, you know they are specifically trained not to do that, yeah. but, which is fine. Well, which is necessary. It's not fine, but it's necessary uh, in that situation. But in peacetime, for most men, no, we don't need to. We don't need no. to close ourselves off like that. And I'm not saying everyone needs to burst into tears at every opportunity that would be horrible <laughs> but um but there is a middle ground and i don't think we're in it but, but it's difficult to escape i think the 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 your own one's own father yeah so i mean i think you do and i think you talk about this a little bit in your book about how you know you started adapting yes like, it's no, not the same I, but but similar yeah, well, well, this is exactly the this is me saying i used to be an arsehole yeah. but, but abby is actually in the audience and she would strenuously claim that i am still an arsehole <laughs> There she is. And, um, but, it, but it's that kind of, you know, there are lots of ways to be a dad, but instead of inventing my own way, I just followed the original model. And yeah. the original model was no beauty. It was my <laughs> own father who drank yeah. a lot and had a short temper and took a flexible attitude to monogamy. That, there I did not follow his example, <laughs> I may say. But, but generally, I was drinking too much and I was just boring and I wasn't present when the children were around. And I just, uh, and I was... And I had that breadwinning panic, that kind of, um, instead of, you know, I could have just gone on, Peep Show was still going, the sketch show was still going, that's a lot of fantastic work, Um, but instead of just doing that, I said yes to everything, the kind of list that you were reading out the last time I was here, (laughs) Um, you know, all the shittiest and corniest voiceovers and... uh, show you know crappy presenter shows movie mistakes and all that i look at my cv over those years and it's just i just went mental so i just wasn't around at all Um, but it's it's a difficult balance isn't it because you you, there's a part of you thinking i'm providing for my family by doing this well that's exactly what 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 you learn and and, and that's a and you know it is drilled into you that that not drilled into you but it is heavily implied everywhere certainly growing up in the 70s and 80s that that is what blokes do this is what women do and you're trying to challenge those ideas with the brain that was formed in that environment. Yes. And so it's, you know, it's not the evolution of gills, but it does take a bit of effort to form new habits. Sure, sure. No, it's, it's, all, it's, it's very interesting stuff. I will uh, break away, though, to ask you some important emergency Good. questions that I thought I would be asking to Michael Portillo. Um, 
It's Twinkie, <laughs> not not uh, not the not the kangaroo. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see what I've got for you. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not even... I'm just going to pick one fairly at random. Not that one again. That, we've had that. Oh, this is quite a good one. Who do you consider the most appalling member of Margaret Thatcher's cabinet? Uh, excluding Margaret Thatcher. Excluding obviously. Margaret Thatcher. Obviously. That was the obvious question. Um, wow, so many, so many, so many. Um, uh, I want to say Norman Tebbit, but that was it's too obvious, and, and he did get sort of... You know, badly hurt in that bomb, and so I feel a bit sorry for him, even though, even though he's so nasty. Um, Cecil Parkinson was kind of slimy. Everyone said he was a great communicator because he he did this he did this a lot, and, but he was uh, Cecil Parkinson was my choice at the time of writing. This oh, really? Book, yeah. Oh, interesting. I just met Cecil was... Parkinson two weeks before he died, and he was very charming. I'm, but then he died. He and speaks that well of you. And I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't too I'm sure he was charming. Uh, but he was a horrible. Portillo was, was charming to me. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> well, he was charming to me before he suddenly turned on me like yeah, anger. He can. I, I got. He just, I got to. He him. switches it on and off. He does. Yeah. He's one of those guys. Good. Well, they, they were all pretty nasty. John Majors was all right when he old John Majors. Old John Majors. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. With his glasses. <laughs> That was funny. What they did, uh, spitting image. They 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 painted him grey. Yes. So is. that uh, so as to imply his boredomness. All right. Here's another one. And the eight P eight P's. That's what they did. Um, I, they, I remember actually with John Majors. I was writing for Weekending at the time that he became prime minister, and they did loads. Of, they came to interview us at Weekending about how we because Margaret Thatcher had been so colourful. How what we were going to do with. John Majors, and obviously we didn't know because it was it just happened. <laughs> we, we, don't, we don't know what to do. We don't know so, what's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, uh, sounds. If everyone else in the world left in a spaceship and left you behind, so everything belonged to you, where would you live? What paintings would you have on your wall? Would you be lonely? Where would you be the most ostentatious place you would masturbate? <laughs> um, I'm going to do that backwards. Okay. Um, uh, the Taj Mahal. Um, <laughs> Would be where I would masturbate. Would the, would the domes help you? With the little <laughs> lovely water features. Yes. That's where I'd would you be into. Would you be thinking? Would you be thinking this is where Princess Diana looks sad? Would be that one of the things that helped you? That actually adds a uh, yeah, little does. frisson that yeah, I hadn't thought of. Uh, would I be lonely? Yes. <laughs> yes. What was the one before that? What paintings would you have on your wall? You could have any painting. Oh, um, I'd probably have that one of. Um, uh, that, um, do you remember the one from the 70s the woman with the green face yes yeah I'd have that one you can have that now there's loads of those no I want that because it would you know you want would... the original one of that the yeah, original of because that because I because it's fascinating it's yeah. a fascinating picture it why is. would anyone paint that <laughs> and um, look at it forever where would you live if you could live in any house and if everyone had gone and left everywhere empty uh, well quite close to the Taj Mahal yeah. um, <laughs> Probably, in the is there a, sh- you know, other facility? I mean, do people, people don't live there. Is it a religious shrine? I, I don't think it's it a palace. Like I believe it was a palace made, built in, it was like quite, it's quite old, isn't it? Yeah. Sort of 1500s or something Seems like that. old. And I think it was built by, I'm only guessing, uh, by Slaves. someone, by someone, for his wife. I think it was like a love gift for Oh, her. that's nice. It's a mausoleum. It was a mausoleum. Oh, that's, that's, in a way. that's in very bad taste. Oh, I really... Oh, that is not what she, that is not what she would have wanted. <laughs> Probably. I don't know. If people were still wanking over me in 600 years' time, I'd be delighted about that. 
Well, that's a comfort. <laughs> it is. I mean, not. I mean, I don't mind. It could be over, literally over me, it's but I was imagining. It's good that you don't mind. I was imagining. Well, I mean, over me rather than exactly, on top of my. Exactly. Yes, my that would bones, be. My mummified. Co- I'd like be. to be mummified. In the Taj Mahal. I mean, anyone who wants to come along, just men yeah. or women. Yeah, whatever. Have a wank. Just sure. come and just leave it to dry. Yeah. <laughs> to dry. That would probably be a preservative. It's good for your skin, isn't it, apparently? so Probably be good for the... That's what I would like. <laughs> good question, that one. Actually, that was a good question. Good question. Uh, oh, here's another... Like that that book is full of those, those good it questions is. like that. Here's a new one that isn't in this book. What is um, this? Uh, let me just get this right. What is the? Um, what is the? Uh, I haven't got it written down. What is I want the to make sure. What is? What is? No. What is the strangest thing you've ever found in the embers of a bonfire? This is my, this is my new favourite question. Oh, it would be that boy I killed. <laughs> <laughs> And I kind of I dragged his body underneath yeah. <laughs> what I thought was just you know a pile of rubbish. And it turned out it was it was going to be a bonfire. Good, that's on you. I'd get someone with that. There is that. There's that peep show episode, isn't there, where you burn a dog? We burn a dog. Yeah. yeah. Did and you really I, burn a dog? Then for I that? eat the dog. We didn't burn oh. a dog, but I did eat some charred turkey, and it was turkey. Yeah. That's that's not funny, but it's true. <laughs> One of, my, one of my emergency questions, and having read your book, I know there's an answer to this, so I don't think I want to Uh-oh. discuss it, but the one I was asking last week, which I thought was good, was, have you ever fallen downstairs? But you have yes, fallen I know. downstairs. It's my childhood memory, yes. Yeah. yes, I fell down some stairs, and yeah. my mother was there at the bottom, scooping me up and making consoling noises, and my father was there laughing. <laughs> <laughs> because he was trying to toughen me up. Yeah. <laughs> Those are my two questions to get interesting uh, childhood memories. And uh, see, it worked. The second one worked. Um, I'll ask you a light-hearted one. Have you ever seen the TV show Friends? Yes, I yeah, have. Yeah, it's good, isn't it? Yes, it's very good. Yeah. Um, I've, I think I know all their names now. <laughs> yeah, there are so many of them. There's six, six people. Yeah. It's really hard to remember that all their names. This is one of my new emergency questions. I think this is just one I wrote in the front of someone's book. Uh, if you had to live the rest of your life either as Chandler from Friends yeah. or as the actor Matthew Perry, which, which, would, which of those would you choose? It's... it's Definitely Chandler from Friends. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You'd like to be married to Monica with uh, some adopted yeah, I think twins? Yeah, I think they're going to be fine. Yeah. Whereas Matthew Perry, I gather, has issues. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't we all? Yeah. But oh. I don't want his issues, I want mine. Yeah, fair enough. Or Chandler's. <laughs> Chandler. Chandler's an interesting character, isn't he? He is, yeah. yeah. It's good. They've given him the gift of wit. <laughs> he's, the, he's the witty one. He is. So what do you think about the... Uh, this will make no sense in uh, three months' time. What do you think about the old uh, Doctor Who being a, uh, making a woman, eh? I'm delighted. What's that, What's that? What's that I about? Think, I think it's a good idea. Let's go. Uh, but uh, there are people saying, oh, yeah, but it's been a male character all this time, so I'm a bit... Hopefully it'll be fine, and, but I think it's a bit weird. And oh, that's a perfectly reasonable position. But there are people, of course, going, it's pre-seeker mad! What the fuck is going, you're stealing my childhood! You're stealing my childhood! And I don't really understand those people. Um, <laughs> well, he's not... I mean, the thing with Doctor Who is so much... He's sort of sexless, really. It's not, if he was... He's got if, two hearts. Yeah. I don't really care how many testicles or boobs he's got. <laughs> but it's not like I say he. I mean, you know... He's it's not it's getting it out thing. every week, is he? He's not going to be getting it out. around. He's, he's not been getting out at no, all. I've not, never, never seen that. no. 
Is that the sort of Doctor Who Black album where there's, <laughs> there's this bootleg thing? With he pa- goes to Patrick the Taj Mahal, gets the Taj Mahal, whacking off. He goes to the Taj Mahal when it's being built, and he just can't, he can't stop, stop himself. <laughs> you know those fucking Gallifreyans. He's only not human after all. Yeah. Uh, um, no, they only invented the whole concept of regeneration when, you know, when William Hartnell, it got to that stage that happens to older actors sometimes, yeah. that they can't remember their lines anymore and they get a bit fucking grumpy. <laughs> and he just didn't want to do it anymore. And yeah. they were, well, we don't want to cancel the show. Oh, we'll make up this thing where another actor comes in and plays the character. That, it wasn't written by God. <laughs> that, was, that was a fucking, some producer having a bright idea. And there are only you know, meant to be 12 change. regenerations. That's what I'm upset about. And so, you know, they've done this as 13 now, so what's that about? Oh, it's all made up, lads. <laughs> Maybe there's only allowed to be 12 men, and then it's 12 women, and then well, that tw- would be... the 12 by guys. Sorry, guy buys. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I can reveal now, each of the first 12 doctors were a different guy by. Yeah, they... <laughs> I thought, looking, when they did the end of the last episode, I thought maybe Peter Capaldi was going to become William Hartnell. I thought maybe Peter Capaldi was the young William Hartnell and he was just going to live for another 50. But they don't get older, do they? They don't, no, but that's a good idea. Yeah, and then they could just start it again. You could write it, but you probably can't be bothered. No, I can't be bothered. I'm writing my own uh, thing about... Sort of like Doctor Who, but it's about something else. But but it'll be brilliant. I'll ask you another emergency question. This is one you have written. Is there any romance greater than the one a teenage boy has with his own loneliness? <laughs> that was a line that, that turned up in my diary, uh, aged uh, 16, and I thought it was such a great line, I decided not to spoil it by answering the question. Uh, the answer is yes. Though. The answer is yes. yes there, there, is. there is a greater romance <laughs> than the one a teenage boy has with his own loneliness. <laughs> the, the one that teenage boy is having with his own loneliness is not really a romance. <laughs> it's, it's just a lot of masturbation. It is. That's nice. <laughs> I love it, but I also kept it. You know, I kept the diary. When I was a when I was a kid, and you you were also on the teenage diary uh, radio four show where they where you yeah. went quite a, quite yeah a lot well there's so much appalling stuff yeah. in that in that diary that I haven't had to overlap any of it no. with, with the stuff I did with Rufus Hound so right. it's it's all new it's all new horrible shit did you keep did you keep because it seems like you kept a diary for quite a long time I think it was one of my main things that I did yeah. you know, sort of you know time and motion study of how I spent my days <laughs> yeah no I, it's there are sort of three volumes and it comes out and they're all closely written angry. <laughs> And this is why Marina won't go out with me because she lacks the simple imagination. To, and what I should have done is, you know, had a bath more than once a week, or perhaps got got that school blazer that I've been wearing five days a week and has never been washed or dry cleaned. Perhaps put that in the washing machine. It's perhaps, amazing, but perhaps it's... ask girls how they are today. <laughs> this, these would have been simple steps. It's amazing how you know. But, it, but it's sort of what men are like on Twitter. It's like what grown men are like on Twitter now, yeah. isn't it? Where they get angry with people well, still for not just immediately being in love with them. You know, Hello. Yeah. We see all those times when women tweet like little dating apps or, or, or just a Twitter feed where someone's gone, oh, hello. Going, you know, and you talk to them a bit and they go, oh, you fucking bitch. Why did you, why did you leave me on? You know, fucking hell. Well, you know, that's it's, basically what my teenage yeah. diary is. It's like, the, <laughs> it's like my favourite um, headline in The Onion, uh, sort of satirical newspaper. Why can't I sell more of these fucking Bibles? <laughs> and it's kind of, why don't you like me, bitch? 
It's, it's yeah. just not going to work. Yeah, it's sort of... I mean, I wasn't like that in person, but, no. I, was, but I was being very rude about them in the diary. No, that's what I enjoyed. Thank about God it. there was no internet. Otherwise, I would have, could have been one of those little fucking entitled pricks who, you know, yeah. turn up and make a little video about how... They, they have a name for it now. They call themselves incels. Right. Which means involuntary celibate. Right. And they're sort of... They're, they have forums and they talk to each other about how feminism is destroying them and how unfair it is and, and how, you know, women are so horrible to them they're never going to breed and that will fucking teach them a lesson because there won't be any more humans and or feminists. You know. weird, and thank God, you know, I was just moaning. Yeah, we were sort of moaning to yourself and so then it's, you know, unless you want to reveal it at some point, later point when you write an autobiography, uh, yeah. uh, you know, it's just, it's just there and you get it out and no one sees it, which is kind of healthy. I think if you, if you create something that then other In people... In the real are, world with, well, occupied people, by other real people. Well, and then other people going, yes, I'm like that too. And so then you go, oh, well, let's never break our, you know, break yeah. up. But I mean, you do that again as a teenager. I think like me and my friends was were like we loved being immature and we didn't like yeah. the, didn't like the people who pretended they were mature as we saw it and so we yeah. would deliberately be as childish as possible for as long as possible. Yeah, but you it's know, all right being in a gang. Being yeah. in a gang is great as long yeah. as you don't you know hurt people. Yes. <laughs> but it's it is it's it's it is interesting. But it's it is it's kind of it is that difference between when you read when you read your diary and you remember the person you were and it's exactly that. It's that kind of. And the anger that comes, the horrible stuff that comes out in the diary, which is not really who well, you were, though, I think. Well, I, well. Who no, one was. No, not really. And yeah. I hope you can tell the difference yeah. between this. <laughs> but, but both, I mean, for, for anyone, yeah. I just think for, in my own diary, it's just full of these. And it's that passion and anger and confusion. Yeah. And, it's also showing up, you know, if, yeah, you, if, you want, if you want to, if you're interested in writing and you, uh, and you enjoy writing, it is also, you know, getting to the end of this sentence and, you know, it, you do get in a diary where there's no responsibility to a reader, you are allowed to just get carried away and it doesn't have to particularly make sense. Yeah. You're just enjoying the language. Um, yeah. Sure. Um, but yeah, it was, it's, it's, and I think going to, all the stuff about going to university, I think you were more, I was, I was very unsuccessful with women and girls at university for a long time though as well. Was you had some success quite early on by the looks of Yes, that, it all cheered up yeah. when I went to <laughs> university, yes. But using your tragic circumstances oh, that in helped. order to... that helped a big time. But yeah. I thought that's what she would have wanted. <laughs> she was, mum, mum would have wanted me to use her tragic early death to get laid as often as possible. Yeah, it, no, it really helps. Yeah. Because you, you sort of go, it's not, it's not saying, by the way, my mother died. Um, <laughs> it's kind of allowing that information to be disseminated. Yeah. And then when they ask you about it, then you just sort of modestly shrug it off and be really fucking cool about it. And, <laughs> you know, it's just something that happened and, you know, sometimes it's hard and, you know, and just yeah. be like, you know, I, I was 20 and yeah. really up for it. And yeah, uh, yeah so of course... Damn, I wish my mum had died. <laughs> I had nothing, or been adopted, or anything. My, uh, any of my, that. my dad was uh, headmaster. It was quite, it was quite tough, actually. Yeah. Probably, you probably want to touch this now. <laughs> oh, and I enjoyed your uh, jealousy of Bros. The oh, fucking Bros. Bros. Yeah. So, for younger members of the audience, Bros were... Um, so, it was like, imagine Justin Bieber, but there's three of him, and two of him are identical twins, 
and the other one, <laughs> and the other one is just this kind of well, presumably a mutant who they, who well, they yeah, keep in a the, dungeon. It's Craig. Craig, Craig was the yeah. Third one, Craig. But he's no, I hated Bross because all the girls at school wanted to have sex yeah. with Bross, and none of them wanted to have sex with me. They weren't actually allowed to have sex with me. I'm talking about pre sixteen. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But I just thought it, it would be polite if they'd expressed. The, the idea that it was a pity that they weren't allowed to have sex with me as well as not allowed to have sex yeah. with Bross. <laughs> I was at school with Bross. Were you? For one year, I was at school with Bross. You could have cha- done something about they, that. I could have, I could have stopped could them have, before they became the monster. <laughs> it's like I, I was saw, I saw uh, Michael Patilla been in the same room. Actually, with Nigel Farage. All the people Nigel you Farage, killed. Nigel Farage came out of the studio. I'd gone to the loo, and he came out of his studio after his doing bit, and we walked along this very dark corridor in the BBC, and there was no one else around. <laughs> and I was walking just behind him, and I thought, I could actually I just, I just, just push him out of that window. And I tweeted about it, and then, yes. and then, and then, lots of people said, "Actually, it's not very funny to joke about." <laughs> well, I didn't apology. say I didn't say what I would do, and then someone, some kipper, some you kipper, of course, said, uh, "I am informing the Metropolitan Police about what you said. You said you were in an alleyway and you were going to kill him, and now you're going." I said, "I was in a corridor. I didn't say what I was going to do." <laughs> and, and the Metropolitan Police have got back to me. They've told me to go fuck myself, which is just typical of feminazis. But uh, yeah, but no, bros. <laughs> Bross, but I, I was in love with uh, Bridget Seely, and uh, both of Bross got off with her. Oh my god! So imagine that it literally happened to me. <laughs> well, maybe. Bastards. I mean, they could just—they could pretend. They could pretend. They, they, they could do anything. They could they? just pretend they, they were the other ones. It's like the Prestige, uh, yeah. and it turns out there's fucking infinite numbers of them. They came to. That's a spoiler. I think if they hadn't—if they hadn't um, left Cheddar, they came to Cheddar and lived in Cheddar for a year, and then when and yeah, they were in the year below me. Oh, yeah. Oh. Then they went on to be the successful. And who was it? Who was it? The, the Bridget Seely. Oh, Bridget. Yeah, I loved her. When we went on a, when we were on a school trip, we were singing "Bridge Over Troubled Water" in the in the um, in the coach, and I would say like a Bridget over troubled water. That was my way of trying to trying to impress her. Yeah, <laughs> but she was she, she wasn't, wasn't going for it. She wasn't impressed. And they were at the back going, "Jump the boy, jump the boy." <laughs> <laughs> I say in the book that I'm watching uh, Ross on top of the pops singing "Drop the Boy," and I'm so, you know I'm now being this insufferable teenager and trying to impress everyone with the way I can deconstruct Bross lyrics. I say, "Drop the boy," they say. Only a only a boy would need. Oh, I'm a man. Yeah, I'm a man. Yes, I am. Uh, is one of the lyrics, and I say, "I'm a man." He says, "Only a boy would need to say so." And I was so fuck. I've been waiting to try that out for a week. And now I'm jumping for joy. That was the other bit. And so, yeah, um, now I'm jumping. Have you ever seen man... a man jump for joy? I think not. <laughs> I didn't actually talk like this, but... Yeah. But ironically, um, out of all of them, Craig, the third one, did yeah. the best because they gave him a million pounds when he left. And then I think he went to become a big record producer or something. And he, did he I'm marry sure. someone like... He married some pop star, I think. Was it... Anyone, pe- you're pe- very bad, this week's audience, uh, fulfilling in my, my slight lack of, lack of knowledge of... Was it Madonna? It was Madonna. He married Madonna. Right. <laughs> and then he married all of the Spice Girls. Yeah. Uh, and then they got divorced and had all their money. But oh. I believe... I met one of them, I think... Which, which one's the one who went to America? Person. No, one of the, one of the goss... Bro- was it Luke? Oh. Matt... I met Matt on a radio show. Did you? Well, a few sure, years was ago. he charming? I'm sure they're very, very nice. nice. I'm sure very they're nice. very nice people. He didn't I just remember me from dead school when I was 16. That's <laughs> and now look at now look at you. Well, were they in Peep Show? 
Were they? No, they were not in were the peep show. Were they in confetti? Were they in quite, film confetti? They, were not, they weren't even in confetti. Playing, playing a nudist opposite a sobbing co-star. They didn't have that great pleasure. Um, <laughs> oh, fuck. Let me ask you another emergency question. Great. I'd like, find I'd like to see peep show starring the gosses. Yeah, that'd be good. Be, what, like twins? Yeah, yeah, but it would, it would, yeah. I mean, I say yeah. I'd like to see it. It, yeah. might, it would probably be fucking rubbish. It would be. I would like to that, see. I mean, they're not funny. I, I mean, would one like, of them can sing. I would like uh, Jedward to be in everything. <laughs> I would really like. I've done this before, but I would like Jedward. I would like to do a version of Deadwood, which has Jedward in it. <laughs> it's called Jedward Deadwood, and it's it's not. You have to refilm the whole thing, shot for shot, with the same actors who were in the original Deadwood. Yeah, but. Jedward are always in the back of every shot. They're always <laughs> doing their Jedward's moves. And they're, and they're Jedward. They're yeah. not dressed in contemporary clothes. That's great. But I everyone like, else has to act around. I like things happening in the background, yeah. but I particularly like that. Jedward, Jedward. Jedward, Jedward. I think it'll be good. Uh, let me see. I've got... Uh, let me see if I've got... I'll, I'll try and do one without anuses in it and okay. penises in it. Let's go for it. It's so childish. No, let's just do it. Uh... What is the shortest time between buying something expensive slash nice and breaking it that you have experienced? Ooh. Yeah. Um, my first daughter um, <laughs> was, uh, was an Android. Right. Um, which, and I put in AA batteries where there should be AAA batteries. And I just stuffed them in. Yeah. And, and it broke. Wow. That's a made-up answer. Oh, I thought. Fuck, uh, I, thought that was... I can't think of a. I can't think of a, no. uh, a true answer. Right. Certainly not one that doesn't involve anuses and penises. Okay. Have you ever surprised a dog? <laughs> uh, I must have done. Yeah. I must have done. They're very easily startled. Yeah. Because they kind of go around, you know, doing their thing, and then there's a noise, and then they're like that, <laughs> That's and true, yeah. yeah. So I may, I may well have done it. It hasn't stuck. No. Okay. Uh, this is a question I've only asked backstage, I think, so far, and this is one of my new favourite emergency questions. Okay. Would you like to have a bath with my dad? <laughs> he's, um, he's 80 years old. I'll give you some background on him right. before you decide. Yeah. I mean, it's All not right. a sexual thing, it's just no, you and him having, just a, having bath. a bath. Because yeah. I used to have baths with him when yeah. I was little, yeah. and it was fine. Yeah. But now I'd find it awkward. It would be. Um, but would a you, reasonably but, big bath, let's assume it's a big bath. <laughs> it would be, have to be quite big. He's yeah. a, He's not as mobile as he used to be, but, right. you know, that doesn't really matter in a bath situation. Is he, is he still at an age where he can... He's still, he's still clinging on to his... He's not going to shit the bath. Oh, I don't think, I don't think he'll shit the bath. Okay. I mean, even if he... All right, I I'm think, just gathering information. We could make sure he had gone to the toilet before the bath. Okay. <laughs> if you were all right. It's just, you know, I know you've been doing this a lot, Dad. It's just yeah. this one. This one insists that you go to the toilet first. He's, he's a bit spiky like yeah. that. Um, well, it's called Keith Haring. Uh, maybe He's dinner, maybe headmaster. dinner and a movie. For, I mean, maybe yeah. you know we get introduced well, it's not, by it's not a date, it's not a sexy relatives. thing. It's just like um, saving water, helping the environment. You know what? I'm going to say no. Okay. Everyone said no, no so far. I'm going to say no. It's very insulting to my dad. I'm going to say no. What is the worst place you've ever picnicked? All picnics, I'm mean, all places because pic. I, I hate picnics. Yeah. They're like a cheapskate throwing a party. Oh, should we have a picnic? <laughs> well, shall we? 
Actually, do you, what, you want us to all bring our own fucking food <laughs> and then sit on the ground with the ants and the flying ants yeah. and the snakes? Could be sometimes. <laughs> could be quite and nice. the scorpions. What I've noticed quite a lot is when you go to stop at service stations, which I do a fair deal in my time, there's often people sitting in chairs they've brought themselves on the grass verge by the car park, eating sandwiches they brought with them. Looking at the cars. Yeah, and just sort of sitting... By the car park, where it's just there's yeah. cars and fumes wafting by. They don't even take their sandwiches into the surface station and sort of sit on a chair. No, why spoil a lovely, <laughs> a lovely <laughs> day? We could be al fresco. I mean, I think they might be worried about being thrown out of the service station, but that's. I mean, there's the typical one of the on the hard shoulder sometimes in comedy shows you see, but I don't know if that really happens in real life. I've never seen that. Well, I, I grew up next to RAF Coningsby, and people would, you know, there was a bit. Because uh, there weren't very wide roads, so you'd always have that sort of bit where you have to move to one side to let a car go by because there, there wasn't quite room for two cars. And people would occupy that bit so that they could get their chairs out and look at the aeroplanes. Yes. Um, you know, quite you know, older married couples, but he was the one with the binoculars and she was the one with the thermos. Yeah. And we used to drive by those fucking we'll be, idiots we'll be like laughing that. at them. We'll be, like, we'll be there well, one day. you know, everyone's going to have a hobby, but I mean... Blimey. I know what I wanted to talk to you about. That I was nearly going to introduce you with this. You, the first show you did with David Mitchell, apart from you did a, uh, a, a pantomime. Where you, but you yeah, did it was a, a student pantomime, you yeah. You did a show called Innocent Millions, Dead or Dying, a wry look at the post-apocalyptic age with songs. Correct. Can you tell me a lot about that, please? So <laughs> like to, and maybe sing some of the songs for, it, for me. Um, it was... Uh, <laughs> Blimey. It was the, the first show we did, and uh, uh, we, we did lots of other shows after that with the same sort of format, and that we wrote a stupid story, usually with some terrible Bond villain who was going to do some humorous crime, like pull the plug out of the bottom of Lake Titty Kaka yes. and all that, whatever, and, um, which doesn't exist. It sounds and a bit like Go Lake, Jetters. Lake, Lake Tanganyika. It sounds, it. Have you seen Go Jetters, the show Go Jetters? Go, go, yeah. go, 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 Jettas, yeah. go, go. I could, I'm, yeah. It's my favourite kids' show. Me too. Theme tune. Me and my daughter sing it together, and it's one yeah. of my happiest things. All around the world, yeah. 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 Um, can you do the whole thing? Because I probably can. Can you do it from I'm the not, start? Not on my own. <laughs> no, I don't know the words. I don't know no. if I know the words of the verse. Zuli is the pilot with the power and the speed. <laughs> Kai and so fantastic. If gymnastics, what you need. Lars is the mechanic, super nifty with his hands. Foz is the... Has the answer to Grandmaster Glitch's plans. Outside the world is turning. Guided by Ubercall. Now, I want to know. I tried to... It says... They don't sing that. No, it says... It says outside the... It introduces all the characters. Yeah. And it says, outside the world is turning. Yeah. Which is there to rhyme later on with learning. It says, outside the world is turning. Guided by Ubercorn. Does that mean that Ubercorn is responsible for the world turning? Is, that, is, is he a sort of god figure? Outside the world is turning, guided by Ubercorn. Well, Four heroes be. always learning. There's just so much to explore. So jump on board! <laughs> then it goes to go you know, I, I've never really My daughter watched, can't do the rest of it. I've she never really watched the show. It's fucking great. I like the, I like the tune. Yeah. Well, what, it's, great that you've, it's great that you've memorized Grandmaster the lyrics. Glitch does... Uh, I'm trying to impress my daughter. It's one of the That's things I That's a noble do. thing to want to do. She can't, doesn't really understand English enough to know I'm getting it right. But she goes, go, 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 go. She does that while I'm singing it. It's nice. She sounds like an idiot. Yeah. 
if you'd been a good dad to your kids, <laughs> yeah. maybe you would have memorised the lyrics. Hadn't been all that. <laughs> I didn't realise there's water left in that. Sorry. <laughs> I feel quite refreshed. I think um, you say you won't drink. I think drinking alone is the best kind of drinking, and I don't think it's a terrible thing to do. I'm trying not to. Again, I'm aware that yeah. um, uh, I am not the only member of the family present uh, <laughs> in this room, and I uh, I am attempting not to drink alone. It's quite, really wet. I'm quite sorry. So it's this is, I've never been so embarrassed since I was on this week three days ago. <laughs> Drinking alone can be, can be, but it's is it? Yeah, it's a it's a it's a strange definition of fun. But well, I, I think I well see. I think because it, it, I it's when I, if I <laughs> just wipe yourself on the chair, no, uh, it's uh, right. <laughs> bring you a towel. Out. Uh, it was a lot. The usual, much more. Bring water. him the usual towel. <laughs> <laughs> Who had quarter nine? <laughs> he always kicks off about this time. I think getting back home. See, I work at night and I get home and everyone's asleep. Yes. And so you have a, a wind-down night-night. I have a couple of whiskeys right. on my own, and it's, that's not bad. No, and I'm, in not, fact, I'm, not, I'm not telling anyone else what to do, I'm just saying... In fact, it's really amazing. Okay. I'm really, <laughs> and, I'm really happy for and, you. Like, I'm thinking of making a bottle of whiskey. Because <laughs> <laughs> two okay. is so nice. Two is no, so I, nice. <laughs> but why, I, I why think, stop? I think on your own, you actually, social drink is worse. Because if social drinking, you're encouraged to drink more than you want to drink, maybe, or you end up drinking more than you thought you were going to drink. Whereas on your own, you kind of go, oh, I'm going to have two glasses of whiskey. I think, it gets, to, I think it gets to a certain um, stage, like whether it's two I don't like whiskey, thank God. I, yeah. I don't like spirits, which is yeah. a blessing. <laughs> but it gets to a certain number of, you know, Dave and I did wrote a sketch. No, we didn't write it, actually. We did a sketch called The Inebriati, which was about, there was this code of, you know, one and a half drinks is lovely. It makes yeah. you feel terrific. But if you have two drinks, that's when things start to go wrong. Yes. And I don't know what, I, I wouldn't like to say what my <laughs> number is, yeah. but beyond a certain number of beers, I don't want to stop drinking yes. beer ever again. Yeah. So I have to sort of be a bit careful. Just stop. We just have a, there's a word for just, it. Yeah. <laughs> which I, I don't use myself. Yeah, okay. Just stop just before that number. Just stop, just stop a bit. before that just number. And it's like me fine. and uh, minstrels. That's what I'm like with minstrels. <laughs> Got a real problem with those. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and also beer. And... <laughs> Um, I know, you know, that's what that's my advice to an alcoholic, just have two drinks. On your own. <laughs> on your own. It's, the, it's the best advice. On your Enjoy own. them. Really savour it. Savour that lovely, <laughs> lovely, lovely taste of alcohol. Then just stop. And then just, then just stop. And then just till don't have, don't till have tomorrow more. and then I've got two more tomorrow. It's not. It's just Works when it, me. it's just when everyone's asleep, Robert. You know, it's just yeah. nice to know the fucking nice to there's no one's going to come and disturb you. It's That's the piece. only good thing about being a stand-up comedian. Is you well, come it's a very noisy late. job, and you want yes. a bit of quiet. Well, but also, your family are noisy, aren't they? So, like, just you come back at one o'clock in the morning, and everyone's asleep. Are you are you now feeling a bit defensive because you think no, no, I've I'm told not. you to stop drinking alone? <laughs> no, no, alone. I haven't. I don't. Because you didn't tell me your book. Yes. I just. I think. I think you should drink on your own. <laughs> Thanks. <laughs> Abby, Can, I've just been told. I think you should. Let's give it a go. See, uh, come back in ten years' time if, if you're still alive. If I'm not wheeled on with a drip. Oh, oh, 
That might, might have well, been bad might. advice. <laughs> <laughs> I hope mm. this isn't because of me. This is... <laughs> Not at all. Press presses button that releases more vodka into bloodstream. I think that's what. I think that's what those bags have got in them. So did it go well that the uh, the innocent millions dead or dying awry look at the post-apocalyptic age with, with songs? songs. Uh, yes, it did. Okay. Uh, even though we don't, we just got back from Staples photocopying the handwritten script an hour <laughs> before the show that hadn't quite had time to learn any of the lines. <laughs> but we came on miraculously in dressed as the right characters at the, the beginning of each scene. We didn't really know how to get to the end of that scene, but we sort of... But it was, a late, it was an 11 o'clock show and lots of drunk students, and they sort of liked us already yes. from other stuff we'd done. So we got away with it, and we learned all the wrong lessons <laughs> about, we always get away with it in the end. Yeah. Um, so, but, but by the Saturday, by the end of the week, we were getting laughs for the right reasons. Right. Not as many. <laughs> they weren't. They weren't laughing as much at the uh, the deliberate jokes as they had done at the all the fuck ups. Yes, yes. But they were. But they were laughing yeah. deliberately. Back in the nineties, did you do the show in Edinburgh? Was it just the student thing you did? We did it eventually in yeah, Edinburgh. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. back in the nineties, that is basically how I wrote my Edinburgh shows. I mean, we we really were. Well, it's right. amazing how we're people right. are previewing from fucking Christmas yeah, these yeah. days, and the, these young people it's and ridiculous. their fringe. Fridge preparation <laughs> and, their, and their slick professional shows that you actually don't resent paying for. No, leave an audience indignant, <laughs> shortchanged, and angry. It was a better time. It in the was nineteen nineties. Yeah, and like, do you remember? Were you in Edinburgh at the point where no, there were. There were no colour posters. You would do a black and white oh, you'd see on a colour, you'd on a, like a blue afford, piece of paper or something. Who can afford colour posters? Sometimes yeah. you had two colours. Two colours sometimes. Yeah, yeah, but usually black and white. But yeah. a full colour poster was the, the stuff of Buck Rogers. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, but Avalon Act sometimes had full colour. Well, had... Someone sent me a, le- a, a picture of a leaflet of Rara Rasputin, which I did in 93, I want to say 92 or 93. And that was brown and white but with blue eyes like the blue eyes and the raw aspirin was in blue so two colours so blue two and colours, yeah. So yeah. That, and I was thinking god that was so, but that seems re- yeah. re- relatively recently but yeah, so yeah. no all our, all our posters were in black and white until uh, two, uh, 1999 wow okay <laughs> just trying to think 1999 what was my poster mm. Mm. can't remember oh well oh well that, let's end it there <laughs> and on that note <laughs> In fact, let's cut all the rest of the podcast. I just the people. Oh well. <laughs> <laughs> Rubber web, and then oh well. There's a story of my life. Oh dear. So what are you what are you what are you working on that you've got to go and rush off? Uh, and do I've tomorrow? got to go and. Uh, is it more movie mistakes? I've got to re- it is not more <laughs> movie mistakes. Um, I well, we made um, a new sitcom. Uh, David Mitchell and I are in a new show called Back, which is for Channel Four, which will be out in September, and uh, and it's really good. It's written by Simon Blackwell, who uh, wrote for Veep and also wrote mm. a couple of episodes of Peep Show. So it's going to be dead good, and we've Fantastic. finished doing that. And then the rest of my life from now till November is bollocking on about that book <laughs> in various theatres around the country good well do go and see him bollocking on about it and do buy the book it's really good uh, you can read it in a day if you're a brilliant reader like I am I can read proper words you if can you read it in down... three hours if you're used to reading <laughs> if you skip a bit you got to skip a bit you got to skip oh go, yeah. no boo oh, my uh, dead mum I'll skip this bit oh, 
scared the fucking. Oh no, it was really tough. I was. When's he gonna talk about Peep Show? Oh, where's, the, where's the fucking celebs? <laughs> hey, it's very good, but do buy it, ladies and gentlemen. It's Robert Webb. Thank you. You have been listening to Rich Chang's That Square Theatre podcast with me, Rich Chang, and my guest Robert Webb from Robert's Web. In the music is from Paddy Fest. Uh, it's a go faster strike thing. Thanks to all of them. Thanks to everyone at the Square Theatre. Thanks to everyone at the British Comedy Guide. My producer is called Ben Walker. It's a go faster strike.com. Buzz and Sky Potato Production. Thanks for listening. Head to gofasterstripe.com. You can find out about stuff that you can buy to help the podcast and to help me stay alive. Uh, and also go to richchang.com slash gigs to find out if I'm doing my new show anywhere near you soon. Thanks for listening. Go away. Goodbye. <laughs>